Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So my name is uh, Tom Walker and the name Jonathan Pye was a name that was uh, sort of rattling around my head for some years. What I like about the name is that it seems like a real name and then the minute you realise it's a fake character, you kind of go, that is a ridiculous name. So that was the genesis of that. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast, episode 61. For those of you new to the show, my name's Simon Kane, and this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the world of stand-up, comedy, radio, TV... And today, social media. Tom Walker is better known as Jonathan Pye, a character he created when he was at a very low point and just about to give up on the industry as a whole. He predominantly calls himself an actor, but obviously the character he's created is a comic character, which lends itself very well to videos on social media. You might have seen one or two of his videos being shared around on Facebook, as that is predominantly where a lot of his content gets pushed about. For those of you who don't know what Jonathan Pye is as a character, he essentially plays a very competent news reporter but between takes so he's often getting angry at the fact that he can't properly report the news because he's being instructed to say other things or to push a different agenda or to generally not give news that's the way often media channels work and operate it's a really funny concept and he's only been doing it for a year and in that year he has skyrocketed from someone who was essentially working in a call centre to a full-time performer his social media content has been so successful that as you'll hear in the podcast he didn't give away a single flyer during the Edinburgh Fringe 2016 and sold out every night as well as a large number of nights in the preceding tour which runs from now which is September 2016 to February 2017. If you want to see him live and know what he does then you can find a link in the description as well as links to all of his social media channels and I highly recommend his content. It is very well put together, very well scripted and just really funny so definitely worth a look into. We talked about everything from the concept of the idea to how he was going to give up to the medium that he chose to do this in to just everything if you've ever wanted to know anything about jonathan pye or tom walker this the podcast for you as always if you're enjoying this podcast please remember to subscribe rate in itunes tell a friend and join the ask the industry podcast group on facebook which is called ask the industry podcast and it is on facebook obviously without any more delays this is tom walker or do you you think it's because you've said no to being pie in interviews that there have been a few that i've uh, like, like i did there was something for Scottish television and right at the last minute they said well can you do it in character I said no and then they said well can you at least wear a shirt and a tie so I was like no 
And then about an hour before the interview, they said, can you at least do like 30 seconds of him? No. Um, not in a belligerent way. It's just like, no, it, you can't make him up. You know, it's, it seems uh, improvised, mm. but it's, you, 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 don't, you can't make him up. You Couldn't know? you have done like a satirisation of it where you went on and like they, they cut your interview and then at the end you just went, seriously, you made me fucking do that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess so, but it's just sort of, yeah, it's just I'm not really, uh, it's just quite a lot of prep. Even 30 seconds of him would, would you, know, mm. you know, so... Well, uh, well, why don't we start there then? Because, because a lot of people, uh, so I've sort of asked around my community and, and uh, around the place, when you are setting up a, a shot of, of like a general video, yeah. is it just you and a camera or have you got like a crew with you? Or? Um, well, I, I was working with a, a news company called RT and they were filming it for me and, and the, the offshoot was is that they could license the material for a couple of days mm. um, and I don't normally... Norm, work with them anymore so yeah I've got my own camera my own uh, earpiece uh, and my own you know mic and someone else click presses the button and so I'm sort of getting used to doing it on my own now and that's how it started so it was for, for about six months I was working with this um, news company but before that yeah I was just doing it myself really um, and I, I do a vlog and I yeah. find recording out in public sometimes quite self-conscious I, I hate it. Do you know I hate I mean? it. What's really interesting is that you know you look at say a, a normal outside broadcast you know um, uh, news reporter. They're really good at ignoring the general public. They're really good at it. That's part of their job. It's to make stuff up as they go along. I find the busier the, the place that I pick, the busier it is, the longer it will take to film it because anything can put me off. Anyone walking past, a kid walking past, it's just like I had to have to keep stopping, keep stopping. And as my popularity has, has sort of gone up, people stop and start taking photos and people start getting their phones out and then I'm really conscious that they're recording it. And if they record it and it goes out before I put it out, then that sort of ruined that. So, I've, yeah, I find it really, really hard to do it. But, but kind of the genesis of it was that it's so easy to... To do that, you point a camera, you shoot a man in a tie, framed in that way, that tells the story. So that was sort of the genesis of it anyway. So it's sort of, it's the easiest thing to do, but the more popular it becomes, the harder it becomes comes to do it. So I always try and find somewhere a little bit quieter now and, and somewhere a little bit more, so then I can take my time on it a bit more, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I have a similar thing with shots. I, I find lighting an issue a lot of the time. Yeah. Because obviously you you want the light on your face, yeah. But also when you do that, sort of the, you can't see the, well. I can't see the viewfinder especially, yeah, yeah, yeah And it yeah, just yeah. makes the whole process yes. yeah. laborious to say yes. the least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I can understand from your point of view if you've got that plus people taking self or trying to take selfies yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. um, I mean. Would you, because working with that, so that was a corporate sponsorship, wasn't it? Or was it a... With, with, the, with the... RVT? Was it no, RVT? It was a, so it was Russia Today. I, yeah. I mean, I, I worked with them. They approached me when, when this, whole, this whole thing kicked off and they said they wanted to work with me. And I said I was only willing to work with anyone if they didn't have any editorial control. So a lot of people approached me and RT were the only people uh, that gave me total artistic control and total editorial control. Now, I got in a lot of shit for, for working for the Russians, and apparently I was a Russian apologist and a Putin apologist, but the irony being is that they were the only company that allowed me total freedom of speech and total freedom of expression, so that's why I went with them. And I didn't officially work for them. I licensed my material um, for a small fee and for use of their equipment. So that's what that was. So it wasn't sponsorship, 
uh, it was they could use that material for uh, 48 hours and then the material came back to me and I have total ownership of that. That's a really good deal. Like, it was a great deal. And, and um, I had nothing to lose by asking for it. And everyone else who approached me had suggestions of what it should be. And they wanted to go down that route or the other route. Or, or, and people are always asking me, well, wouldn't it be funny if he interviewed politicians? You go, no, it wouldn't, because he's good at his job. He's not Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge is bad at his job. Yeah. He's good at his job. It's only between takes that he lets loose. So if he were to interview David Cameron or Theresa May or Jeremy Corbyn, it would be a reasonably good political interview. It's only once they've got up and left the room that he'd go, that guy's a dick. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so, so, you know, so people just didn't quite get it. Um, whereas uh, Russia Today, they let me do what I wanted to do. And by virtue of that, I've, I've managed to sort of develop the character. He's much more ingrained in it. I know who he is a, a lot more now without having anyone else's input, really. Would, would you... Because... I'm going to just ask it without any assumptions on yeah. this. But would you accept sponsorship from other people in the future? Or would you accept licensing things in the future? Absolutely. I, I don't see... it. You know... I mean, the, the you know, I, I, I this time last year I was an out-of-work actor. I was poor, impoverished, literally scraping together enough enough money to pay my rent. Um, so the idea, and it, it really annoyed me actually that, that that I got I got a lot of crap for working for the Russians, and it's so easy, and it's a, it's a left-wing issue, I think. That these the, the the wealthy people, middle class people, can look down on someone like me. How dare you work for the Russians and blah 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 blah. That's really easy for you to say. When was the last time you had to walk home from work because you couldn't afford the bus? And when was the last time you couldn't afford to to buy yourself lunch? It's really easy to to to. Um, judge someone for where they get their money from when, when you've never had to worry about money. So that, that was an issue for me. And, and yeah, I've got to earn a living somehow. So um, if, if someone wanted to approach me and work, work with the character, you know, I've, I've got to earn some money. If, if I don't earn any money from Jonathan Pye, then Jonathan Pye finishes because I've got to go back and work in a call centre. So, so, you know, yeah, yeah, of course I would. And I, and I you know, I, I do understand that, that by virtue of, of his character, he is moral, or he thinks that he is morally on, on the right track. And that, yeah, I, I just had a meeting actually, interestingly, with people who want to sell merchandise on, on my tour. And I said to them, look, you know, you can, all right, it's fine if you want to sell it, you know, if we can make a little bit of money out of that, that's fine. But I don't want it to look, ex- I don't want it to be expensive. I want it to be value for money because the minute people think that someone is taking advantage of, the Jonathan Pye sort of thing, it doesn't work because he has a political, he has the moral high ground a lot of the time, and and I don't want it. I don't want it to be a cynical money making venture. But that said, I've still got to make some money out of it somehow. You know, uh, no, I had a, I had a similar conversation actually a few days ago. At the, at the end of every, uh, I, my tour, I've just finished. I sold badges at the end of the show, yeah. which were representations of different jokes that I like from the show, and I felt like that sat, sat in nicely with the theme of the show and yeah. fit in. And another comedian messaged me saying, "Oh, where'd you get your badges from?" I'm thinking getting them yeah. and I literally said why what's the reasoning for why you want the badges yeah. it's not my place to say it necessarily yeah, 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 yeah. but I just I just wondered and he was just like oh I just, I just thought it'd be fun to do them and whatever and I was like okay cool are you doing any other stuff and he reeled off some other things that he was looking at doing and I was like just, no, like don't yeah. they've already paid what eight yeah. ten quid to come and see you yeah Absolutely. Like, don't try and milk I mean, I your audience sort of, at that you know, stage. It's just the idea, and, you know, no offence to these sort of big, massive arena comedians, but, you know, you go and see anything, and you go to see a band in an arena or anyone in an arena, and then you walk out and there's 
official merchandise, a T-shirt for 25 quid. And, a, and you just kind of go, oh, it's just, it's a bit cynical. So, you know, I've, I've got to... I've got to watch that, but especially by virtue of, of the type of character that he is. You know, he is, he is, um, he's a political character, and, and therefore you don't want to... Um, the, the moment there's a whiff of cynicism and, and about it, that then, then I'm not doing my job properly, you know. Uh, one comment I got from someone was asking, like, whether that was a, a, a strategic move for you to, like, fund the tour or to try and, like, keep yourself going in a certain other way. What, what, and the, the RT Yeah, thing. like, having a... Uh, they, they said having a sponsorship or affiliation with a, a, a national channel, which I assume meant they just... Because, obviously, no-one knows what your deal is other than you, really. Yeah, I mean, so, my association with, with RT uh, affected the brand because I got a lot of crap for it and people thought that it was a, a bad thing for me to do. I wouldn't be sat here right now if it hadn't been for RT because because I suddenly got a weekly wage for the first time in the last sort of, you know, God knows how many years. And it wasn't a big weekly wage, but it was enough for me to pay my rent and buy lunch and be able to take the bus. So, uh, Can, I, can, but, I, can yeah. I ask what you were doing previous to that? You were, on, you were in the call centre? Uh, no, well, I have worked in a call centre. I was working for Foils, the bookshop, doing events for them. I have had my, my non-acting CV is, is pretty uh, broad, Very, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and I've been in out. I basically, basically, Jonathan Pye came about because I basically hadn't really had an audition for nearly two years, and I decided roughly exactly this time last year to stop, give it all up. I'm done. I can see forty coming over the horizon, and it's very easy to be poor and impoverished in your twenties, but in your late thirties, it starts to wear a bit thin. So I thought, right, I'm going to give up. By the end of the year, I'm going to stop. I'll don't know what I'll do, teaching degree or something ghastly like that. But I thought I'm not going to go out without a fight. So I started making these little films with this character that had been in my head for some time, and it was just a perfect storm, really. And 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 uh, within four or five weeks, one of the clips went completely bonkers and then RT approached me and wanted to work with me and then suddenly I could make a little bit of money out out of it and and being solvent meant that I could my head was above water so that I could develop the character and concentrate and that's been my job now for the last almost 12 months is Jonathan Pye you know which is crazy but but great it's brilliant so so when would you upload your first video it would, as have, been, Pye, it would have been the second week of September last year and it was a really badly filmed, bad sound. And it was about Jeremy Corbyn because he'd just been made leader and, and the, the, the press just went for him in a really unfair way. And I'm not one of these people that likes to put on Facebook who they voted for or have a go at people for voting differently or anything like that. But I was really annoyed by it. So I thought, actually, that character that's been going around in my head, he could probably articulate that. And why not? Let's get into the habit of making things anyway. And and that I put that up on YouTube, and it had sort of ten thousand views or something, and that to me was bonkers. So I thought oh, I'll do one a week, and then did one another, and then another, and then I think it was the fourth one. Someone ripped it and put it up on their sort of left wing, you know, uh, activist channel, and it just over a weekend it got six, seven million views, and and that was that. I mean, and then I haven't really looked back really. Did it? Because it annoys me sometimes when you know someone records you at a gig and puts it up pirately you know what I yeah, mean yeah I assume uh, because of it having a good effect yeah 
were you still a little bit like sort of why well, were you ripping my work? Like, why, why, how can you rip that off and blah 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 blah? And very quickly after a few days, I went. If they hadn't, yeah. I wouldn't be here. And then I did. I did one recently that was a, a referendum special, which was about ten minutes long, and someone took four or five minutes from it and put it out there, and that started going viral rather than on my page. And for about a few minutes, I was like, oh, someone's done it again. And then I thought, no, actually, every now and then. If it gets my name out there, I'm not making any money out of it being on YouTube or Facebook. It's really hard to make money out of that. It's impossible on Facebook. Why not just get get me out there a bit more? So if someone sort of nicks it every now and then, occasionally I'll email someone at these places and go, look, can you at least credit me or direct them back to my page or something like that? And they, they normally do it. So I, I, it doesn't bother me that much really I, I get what you mean I my day job I work in social media I write tweets for a living yeah uh, like joke tweets yeah and I keep telling people you when you share your content online you're not going to make money unless it's on bulk in adverts because yeah, it absolutely. just doesn't work absolutely and also and I don't know if you'd agree with this I think you would lose a tiny bit of credibility if you had like a weird you know like M&M advert or something on before you know a political shot yeah, I mean, I, on YouTube, I, I, it's what you call monetizing it, yeah. so you sort of switch on the adverts. And I do that on YouTube, and, and but most of my views come through Facebook, and you can't really monetize that anyway. And, I mean, I think people are used to that language on YouTube that adverts will come up. So, But I've made probably, in 12 months, probably about £500 on YouTube. And that's bearing in mind I've probably had... Well, I've had millions of views and I've made a few hundred quid out of it. You know what I mean? So it's, it is very, very hard to make money for that to be your only income. I, I imagine a lot of comedians are going to find that shocking. I don't find that shocking. I, as someone who works with brands who often try and get their re- reimburse yeah. themselves through adverts yeah. and stuff, yeah. I'm like, you're pissing off your audience for one because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, five yeah. seconds extra of their life they're waiting to skip yeah. it. Yeah. And two, you're not going to make it. Like, it's not going to happen. No. If you spend, you know, like I was, I was working for a brand a little while ago, they spent six grand on a... Um, like a 40-second advert for a new thing they were bringing out. I can't yeah. mention what because of NDA yeah. thing. But, you know, if you imagine <laughs> you've had a few million hits, £500 over a year, it's going to take the, the half-life depreciation on yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to take, And it's going to lose interest as well because as new things come out, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think, I think what you said, which was really beautiful, was where you just said, I'm just going to do it weekly. I'm just going to make stuff, get into the habit of making yeah. stuff. Because yes. I think more performers should make their own opportunities. Yeah. And and what's inspiring about what you've done is you've sort of said, right, I've got this idea, I'm, I'm not going down without a fight. Yeah. Uh, which I think is your exact phrase. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, because it's like, I mean, have you got an agent? Yeah, so I have an acting agent and then and then a few months uh, into into Pi, uh, someone approached me. So I have now, an, I have two agents now. I have an agent that looks after the Pi side of things. Which is how this the live show came about because he then introduced me to someone at Phil McIntyre and and this guy at Phil McIntyre said why don't you do a live show to which I thought well I don't see how that's going to work um, so uh, he he put me in a very small venue at the Leicester Square Theatre sort of uh, studio space yeah, yeah, no, no. and we did six months in six uh, nights in uh, in March but I worked really hard on trying to make it work so I so it's so it works <laughs> you know um it's it's uh, spent a lot of time trying to make ha- why would he be there because he's not a comedian and he's not a self-aware satirist why would jonathan pye be in front of a of a live audience so we've answered that sort of question and how do you extend the conceit you know he can't just shout at you for an hour so so how you know so so i'm really i'm really pleased i'm really proud of of the of the live show but um 
yeah, so I feel like I've sort of got that that support there from from, a, from an agent and and from a. I mean, it's a it's a new world to me. The the comedy world is 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 uh, yeah, it's totally new to me. I, I, I don't feel I'm actually in it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. prior September last year, you weren't a comedic actor at all. You, you don't well, know comedy parts. I've done. I mean, this is my first ever one-man show. Right. I see it as a play because that's the way I approach it. I don't see it as you know. I had to. I had to do some. I had to do some warm-up gigs. So I did three warm-up gigs. That's all I did before Edinburgh. And everyone said that's nowhere near enough warm-up gigs and blah blah blah. You know, but it's a totally different craft. What what my live show? It's not. I, I haven't. It's not tested material. It's not gags. It's not. Um, uh, it, it's it's a play. It's a structured piece, and therefore I didn't I didn't actually need to do any previews at all because I was doing a preview above a pub somewhere, and you go the conceit doesn't work above a pub. It has to be in a, a dark room, lit properly. Otherwise, you can't buy into the conceit of, of what's actually happening. And so so it's a totally different approach, really. It's not. I haven't done what most. I'm not a comedian. I'm not. I'm an actor, and it's a it's a it's a a funny comedy character. But I still approach it in exactly the same way that I would any other role, really. And the and the videos themselves, are, I assume, quite heavily scripted. I assume there's no improvisation necessarily there. No, no, no not at all. I mean, I, I uh, no, which way? Sorry, uh, they're not improvised. Oh, sorry, they're, 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 they're heavily written, um, and I I learn them. Uh, there are certain complicated bits sometimes which I learn really, really precisely. And then I sort of, I learn them but loosely so that there is this element of that it looks like he's thinking on his feet. So because I am thinking on my feet because I'm trying to remember what comes next. So they're not, they're not, some of them have to be really exactly honed, but some other ones I can, I can play with and occasionally a line will come out, you know, in the moment. But no, they're not. There's no. There's. They're not improvised pieces at all. You know. I uh, for your show, I can imagine. So like uh, Dapper laughs, and I'm not comparing you to him in any yeah, way. Yeah. But he got a, he got a lot of backlash for loads of reasons. But one of the big ones that he was sort of able to complain about was that he does six second vines. Yeah. And a lot of people said, "Oh, you're just going to do a load of six second vines." Yeah. Did you do you ever find people come expecting something different to what you do because of the content online? Yeah, but uh, uh, I think. Generally, I mean, I've heard people say, so what are you going to do? You're just going to sort of go over all your three-minute ones and act them out live on stage? You go, well, I mean, if that's the level of, of expectation, then I'm winning, you know, because uh, I, I think... I, so I've co-written the show with, with, a, with a comedian called Andrew Doyle, and, uh, and he said to me very early on, he said, he said what, do you, what do you want this live show to be? And I said, I think, well, I su- assume it will just be me doing sort of a PowerPoint presentation, taking the piss out of David Cameron. You know, that was really early on. It's like I couldn't really work out what the show was going to be. And he said, right, you can either spend the next two months meeting those expectations or you can spend the next two months trying to exceed them. And that's sort of this, this mantra that I've taken with me with this live show. It's like, ex- make it better than it needs to be. And I think generally, apart from certain members of the press, generally I've achieved that and people have kind of gone, the question is, how's it going to work? And you can feel the audience after about five minutes go, I see totally how this is going to work. So, so yeah, th- th- there is that. But I think by virtue of it being a three-minute three minute show, I think people's expectations are actually quite low, oddly enough, which, which 
which puts me at, at an advantage because I think the show is really good and it's it's really well thought out. I think. <laughs> In terms of because you, you still do weekly videos. Yeah. How are you finding? Are you, have you got them banked ahead of time? Because they're quite topical. No, so I, can't I mean, imagine I, you... I, I, I've always keep meaning to sit down and write three or four ahead, and I never do. And there are, they are, they are weekly. I mean, I, fa- I found the whole referendum thing really, really difficult because I had to leave it to the last minute. You'd suddenly be writing a three-minute piece about Boris Johnson being like, likely to be our next prime minister, which happened, and then uh, just as I'd finished the last full stop. Boris Johnson has been stabbed in the back by Michael Gove. He's gone, and he's gone, just like that. And, you know, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, Cameron's coming out saying, well, I'll be here till September. And I'm like, well, thank God, at least that gives me Edinburgh to kind of find out what's going on. And then one day, Andrew Leadsom just comes out of her front door and goes, I'm, I'm not running. And within 24 hours, Theresa May is our prime minister. And you go, it, was, it was awful for me. For a lot of people, you know, but, but, but uh, on a personal level, it was the most stressful two or three weeks of, of my career because I just, I don't know if, am I going to have to cancel Edinburgh? The villains of the piece in, in my show, the, the antagonists are David Cameron and George Osborne, and they've both gone. And so how do you make that relevant? How do you... So, so in some respects, the, the show lost lost some of its teeth, in, in a way, because they're gone. But, but in some respects, the show is better because I had to pick the show apart. With, with four weeks to go, I had to pick the show apart line by line and go, how do I make that relevant? Uh, that's such a great gag, but he's gone. How do I make it relevant? Uh, so... Yeah, it's it's it, 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 the topicality is the thing that I find the, the most stressful, and and also for me, most a lot of people think that, you know, it's a really weird phrase that I hear a lot. A lot of people go, oh, "I love you, I think you're great." It's really important what you do, and I find that really odd. I find that such an odd statement because it's comedy, it's it's satire, it's supposed to be funny first and foremost. Or at least sort of amusing, amusing to watch this man who's who's. I mean, every comedy character, I suppose, has a has a flaw, and his his flaw is is that he can't talk about politics without getting angry. You know, that's his flaw. But but important, I I don't know about that. <laughs> um, uh, but by virtue of that, what I mean is, it, I I've I've set myself. It, I'm I'm, tra- I'm so, I sometimes feel a bit trapped by the politics of it. That, that it would be great to do something other than the politics. But he, what he is, he's now known and his fan base is a political satire. And, and like every now and then I sort of do something a bit more frivolous. And I really like the little frivolous ones every now and then. But they don't do half as well because people don't share them because he's not saying anything that people want to share, you know. Do you... Cause, so, I, I mean, I, I, I would class myself as a quite avid YouTube watcher. Yeah. I've sort of been getting into making my own content for YouTube. Yeah. I wouldn't class myself as that just yet because I don't have any yeah. consistency like you do. Yeah. But I find that the people that the people that watch my stuff are either people that really don't like me and want to just yeah. you know thumb it down yeah. and and say oh, yeah. this was shit. Yeah. Or really like me. Yeah. And 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 sort of there's no there's very little middle ground and so you sort of end up with sycophant people who yeah. which I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. But I mean people that kind of go along with it or or people who and I imagine with yours because it's so political you're getting way more polar opposites 
than, than I'll get. But also what's really interesting is I'm talking to a brand, a, a, a lot of my fan base is, is this brand of, of, of left-wing people, which is great, which is fine. I, I talk about it a lot in the show, though, about how sensitive that side of politics is. So this week I've done a bit about progressive women and progressive politics and the fact that we've got May and Merkel and blah, 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 blah. Is that the one down the Scottish Parliament? Just down the Scottish Parliament. And I end this piece in, in, in a vulgar way talking about which one of them would you prefer to shag, right? And it's so... I mean, to me, it's so clear that that is, one, I hope funny, two, purposefully distasteful, and three, a comment on... Misogyny. I mean, it, because the character's being misogynistic. And, and what's really interesting is some comments that I'm getting on Facebook going, well, I mean, the, the fact that he ended on that is a disgrace. I'm not sharing it and blah, blah, blah. And you go, can you not, can you not just take a step back? And, and this idea that people are so easily offended by something that is clearly humorous, you might not find it funny. It's clearly satire. The, the character is a piece of satire. So that the idea of him judging which of the four women he'd rather bang, it, to me, it's clear as day that the, 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 mis- that the lack of trust in the, in the writing, of, well, that's a disgraceful joke. Yeah, of course it's a cheap gag. That's the point. Of course it's a misogynistic joke. That's the point. And people can't see through their own their own manufactured offence. And I find that really... I talk about it a lot in the live show, this, this, this culture of offence and the idea... Ricky Gervais says it all the time. It's the one, it's the one line I've stolen in, in, in the show because it's not a joke, but just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. And I totally adhere to that. And, and, and the, but the source of the, the brands of people that I am... that are the fans of Jonathan Pye, which is great. I wouldn't be here without them. But... but what I like about the live show is it challenges them as well. It's not just a Tory bash. It's also we on the left do get it wrong. And, and, and this, this, this culture of offence is, is, doesn't do the left movement any favours at all. I, how, so I've, I'm trying to remember the two phrases you said. It's not... Because uh, I have the same thing in a lot of areas where I think... So, for example, I've been trying to work out because I've been doing these race-based jokes in my current show, yep. and I've been trying to work out whether... Because one woman came up to me afterwards a few nights ago and said that was really racist. Yep. And, I, and I didn't think it was. I thought it was meant to be culturally biased, yep. and it's meant to be pointing out my own ironic course, cultural bias. Yeah. Because I've been born into a white middle class... You know, I've, I've hit the jackpot in yeah. a weird way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was not meant to come off that way, and so yeah. I had to, you know, contact some people and check it was fine, and they've all said yeah. it was fine. But it's like you said, it's not... Uh, it's not meant. It's not meant to be misogynistic. It's meant to be satire. Yeah. And so, like you said, uh, it doesn't. You don't have to find it funny, but you have to know it's satire. Yeah, you have to know that. You have to know that 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 the people that wrote that line, i.e., which which of these women would you prefer to to bang? You ha- you have to trust that they are aware that that is a misogynistic comment and they have made a choice to include it in that comedic clip. Yeah. You might not find it funny, you might find it unnecessary, or do, but don't be offended by it because if you're offended, I haven't got any time for it, to be honest. And, and also, the, the subject of a joke isn't the, always the target either do you know what i mean so so that's the point you're making about that supposedly racist joke no 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 the, the target is is yourself and white middle class um you know uh, sense of entitlement 
but you've used a, a racial sort of uh, term to sort of shine a light on that. Yeah. It's her problem. If she had a problem with you using that word or using whatever it was, it's, it's, it's their, their issue. Yeah. And also, and also, I I went to see. I saw Frankie Boyle three or four months ago, and uh, it was really interesting. And I, th- I think I really do think that he is he's brilliant. I, I really do, and he doesn't cause offence for offence's sake. And when he does, he does it on purpose. And there were two or three jokes in that show that genuinely, like, I, that shocked me. Genuinely shocked me, and I didn't find funny. And I immediately, immediately thought, that's what is it within me that finds that joke unfunny? And yet, a minute ago, he he made some joke about. Uh, child abuse or he made some joke about race or blah 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 and I was pissing my pants at that but that one I didn't so what is it within me that I didn't find that funny yes. it's not his it's not his problem it's my problem yes without a doubt you well, know I, but I could recognize that what is it in me that didn't find that funny but I know? think that's a level of self-awareness that, yeah. that performers have that some audiences don't or some members of audiences don't yeah. because I, I'm firmly of the belief that you can only in life you can only have control over your reaction to your emotions yeah absolutely and, and it's not any so if someone says to me you hurt my feelings like no no, no your yeah. feelings your feelings were hurt yeah and you're reacting to them in a way that means that you're now yes, having a go absolutely. at me absolutely. and it's why <laughs> I don't know if I'll leave this bit in but I'm working on a joke from my new show about how I I don't think you can slut shame or fat shame people because it's already within them that there is a stigma that their their actions they're not completely comfortable with. And although I haven't acted the best if if I have done that, it's on them that they should be able to take it. Yeah, I'd take that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's really hard to make that funny, by the way. But I will will get it. Um, But it's the point that I'm... And it's like... It's like a... You you always need to know who your target is in jokes. And I've seen a lot on the fringe uh, in the last couple of years with comedians in particular who do offence for offence sake. Yeah. And I don't like that. I think I think if you if you're doing that, it's low, lowest common denominator, and it's easy. But, uh, but I, I, I would take that certainly. But but I would argue, I would counter argue, they're still allowed to do it. It really pisses me off when when because then, then you get into the element of freedom of speech uh, as well. And, and I seriously believe a comic should be able to stand there and say what anyone anyone should yeah. be able to stand there and say whatever they want, even if they're purposefully being offensive. I, uh, yeah. I'm a big believer in that I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. on the same page as that yeah. I would I would it's the, who's the, it's, was it Thomas Jefferson said I, I don't have to agree with what you say but I'll fight to the death to defend your right to say I think absolutely it was one yes. of the presidents yeah, 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 I can't yeah, remember yeah. which one but and I completely agree with that and I and I, I just wouldn't see them again yeah absolutely do you know what I mean Abs- well that's the thing as well if, if you are genuinely offended and I think the word is used far too much these days but yeah. if you would genuinely feel the emotion of offence either get up and leave or politely sit to the end of it and never see them again yeah and and it's it is that simple um because if like we say if you're offended it's actually within you yeah um and and not the other way but i think i think that's really hard for some (coughs) audience members to accept because so so well especially with a character like mine because also the problem with 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 him is it's politics and politics is personal and therefore anyone that disagrees with your politics look at the reaction to the referendum It, it People take it personally. People take that personally. They are personally offended because someone thought differently to them. The, the um, issue you've got as well is uh, a sense of humour is so ingrained in people and it's so much part of them yeah. that you're taking the, the, the thing about them that helps them escape from the mundanity and, and the darkness within um, themselves yeah. and you're taking the thing that 
hopefully will benefit their life and change it and also get rid of the negativity you know what yeah, I mean yeah, 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 and yeah. You're, you're clashing them together yeah. in a way that means that it's obviously going to attract people that you don't agree with what you're saying yeah and I mean, how, how do you detach? I mean, because you're a character, I suppose it's easy to detach and go, look, they're having a go at him, not me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, it's really interesting that, that, that uh, there are a few points in my show where I, where I take the left to task. And you can see, because I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm having a go at the Tories, I'm preaching to the converted, right? I mean, that's, that's you know, and that's fair enough. But I do, it's really important to find some sort of balance within the show. So I don't take the piss out of uh, Labour necessarily, but I take the, the, the piss out of the left and this uh, fence culture and and that kind of thing and you can feel the audience going don't no 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 they don't like it because they because I am supposedly their 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 mouthpiece but i think it's really important to kind of go look if if you're serious if we're, if you're on the left of politics and you're serious about it you got to know what, what where you're going wrong and also i mean the problem the problem with the left as far as i can I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I, I do try and hint with it, but because Pi is Pi is guilty of this. He, the, the people to the right of politics believe they're right. People to the left of politics think they're right, but also think that people on the right of politics are evil. Do, and do therefore, you are correct. Because yes, right. yeah, okay. Sorry, so, 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 right. so people on the right of politics think they're correct. Yeah. People on the left of politics think they're correct, but think that the right wingers are evil. And the the minute you label them evil, you don't engage with them. And the problem that's the problem with the left is they won't engage with anyone that that they disagree with and that's why you lose things like referendums and elections because because we're, we're especially these days with social media you surround yourself with with like-minded people so so all you ever see on your facebook page is corbyn this left wing that blah 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 and then you're amazed when you lose the referendum yeah. and then you call anyone that voted differently from you you call them a bunch of racists and a bunch of bigots and and that isn't uh that's not fair and and um so i point this out in my show and you can you can see that people don't don't always like it but i think it's important to do i had a lovely review out um this week 
from Scott's Gay, and, and it was a beautiful review because they not only reviewed the show, they kind of reviewed the audience, and they sort of said that what's interesting is that they is it's like I'm this the alpha pack leader dog, and all the audience is sort of the the pack, and the, and 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 I'm howling at them, and they're howling back, but. They sort of said there's this moment about 10 minutes before the end of the show where some of them jump off the cliff with me and some of them hang back because they can see that I've actually gone mental. And and do you know what I mean? And I thought that was a really nice analogy that, that, that you know, I do get this sense that a lot of the time I am preaching to the, to, to the converted, but by virtue of the fact that Pi gets so angry and he loses his mind and they love it. <laughs> and it's sort of weird. You kind of go, no, you should feel sorry for this guy and you should see sort of how... Uh, uh, how 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 close-minded he is, you know, because he is, you know. When this was all happening, I remember uh, the, the reference uh, to about the, the Brexit stuff. Yeah. I did not know enough, and yeah. I did not know where to turn to get information, yeah. because every... Well, there wasn't any. No, every, <laughs> there simply every, wasn't. Everything yeah. felt like propaganda. Everything yeah. felt like it had an agenda. Even yeah. the BBC, like, felt like it was biased on different yeah. sides and different yeah. articles, and it's changed from different articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember posting, because someone... I saw about probably three comedians, four comedians, saying, if you're going to vote out, just defriend me now. All this oh, kind of stuff. that I know. just killed and, me. And I literally posted on Facebook something like, look, if you, if you see someone voting a different way... DM them don't do it in public because it was, people get defensive and, yeah. you know, and also their yeah. friends will jump on you but just talk to them but this is the because exact, communication this is, matters this is exactly the problem with especially the, the, the Remainers and it happens a lot in left wing politics the idea that you'd go defriend me well what you're doing is you're shutting down the debate yeah. and, and that's really and I say it in the show a lot if you shut down the debate You've, you've lost yeah. because there's no argument to be had. What you should do is engage with those people yeah. that disagree with you. Engage and say, why are you voting leave? Let's have a discussion about that. And, and I mean, I just I found that the vitriol coming from the, the Remain camp after a, a vote that didn't go their way. Can you imagine if we'd have voted to stay and the people who wanted to leave had marched on Parliament, we would have... I mean, basically, that march on Parliament to, you know, oh, we are the 48%, that was an anti-democratic march, is essentially what that march was. But you, what, you, people won't listen to it. People won't listen to it. And, and you know, I mean, you know, I mean, this is where me and the character differ. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he, Pi would have marched on Parliament. I found it a bit distasteful, actually. And, and I found... I found the vitriol that I saw on social media against, you know, 52% of people that voted to, to, to label them all thick, bigoted, racist. I found that appalling. I, I really did. I think it comes down to uh, the media they took. I mean, especially I was guilty of this as well. The media I was taking in yeah. convinced me that staying was a good idea. Yeah. And as a result, anyone that I was being exposed to who was yeah. wanting to leave... Yeah looked like those things yeah like, absolutely you know I mean? absolutely and, yeah. and and the minute i realized that my because perce- I've, I've been learning this over the last year anyway my perception is limited my knowledge is limited and the only way <coughs> i'm going to learn more is by asking questions and going look i'm not ignorant but i am ignorant right now yes and i need to be told other things yes. in order to expand my knowledge and the only way you can do that is by engaging with yes. the engaging with people that you actually think you don't agree with engage with them oh yeah i mean i well not just that i mean get engage with anyone who's i mean so for example and i i i wrote this down in my notes because i didn't know i didn't know how to articulate i still don't i i call myself a feminist yeah but i think i'm a white a male feminist 
Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I kind of understand white women problems. Yeah. But if you ask me a black woman problem, yeah. I don't have many, if any, really close black women friends. Yeah. I couldn't. I'd have to ask them. Yeah, but yeah, when do yeah. I do that? Like yes, when's yeah, an appropriate yeah. time yeah, yeah, to do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing with this. When's an appropriate time to ask a, a leave person? Why do you want to leave? What's yeah. your actual argument? Yeah. And, and is it and is it a legitimate argument or yeah. is it a propaganda argument? Yeah. Which is in, in a nice way on both sides. What yeah. was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, so I mean, I tweeted and I remember got retweeted by uh, "I want to leave" or something like that. Yeah. And I had hundreds of people tweet me just going, "This is why I want to leave. This is why I want to leave." And it took me forever to get back to everyone because yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But some of, and some of them were racist. I'm not going to say they weren't. Some of them were were had very fickle points like I just want yeah. my Britain back or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, but then loads of them had actual points to make yeah. and also there was a whole thing in the, in, in the whole uh, referendum debate that there was a very good left wing argument yeah. to, 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 to leave um, that was never really debated I mean because let's be honest the EU is not exactly democratic and, and there, were, there were massive reasons uh, I mean, the, and also the idea that we should blame people that voted the wrong way or the right way. The level of debate was dreadful, and that is the politicians' responsibility. Um, and and therefore, whether we voted the right or the wrong way, or whoever voted whatever way, it was it was the level of debate was 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 uh, was was worse than any election I've ever seen. It was it was crazy. The the worst bit about it for me uh, was. The fact that a lot of people forgot that newspapers are there to sell papers. Yeah. And as a result, they'll pick a side, usually because of Murdoch or whoever yeah. owns them, and then they'll push that agenda. Yeah. Because it will appeal to a certain demographic yeah. who will want to read about yeah. that. And it'll also appeal to people who don't want to vote that way but want to read about yes. that. Yeah. And it's like the minute you realise, oh, I'm buying a product from a business, yeah. it's going to have an agenda. Without a doubt. And as a result, like, you know, to find places that the agenda, so for you, the, the agenda was comedy more than uh, picking, I mean, you sort of pick sides in certain ones, but you know what yeah. I mean? You had to, because yeah. for comic effect, you needed yeah. something to rail against. Yeah. But it, it, it was, I think that might be why some people think it's important, because yours is, although biased, it's ironically or satirically biased, yes. which means that, you know, I would watch a video of yours and if it took a side that I didn't agree with, yeah. I'd be more than willing to listen to it and then read the comments below. Yes. Whereas with a product-based thing, no, I, yeah, I, I take your do you point. know what I mean? Yeah. And also, and also, let's you know, it is it, he is politically biased, and he is. Um, I mean, the majority of this interview sounds like I don't agree with his politics. I do. I, I hate. Our, How close I is hate our government. How? He he he's he is a little bit lefter than me, but I mean, he he is my politics. I hate our present government. I, I cannot bear them. I think what they're doing is appalling. He, he's he's an idealist pie. He can't understand how anyone would could disagree with him. That's where we differ. And and most most of the time, I will add at least one comment or one one uh, thing that I disagree with. Or I'll, and also by virtue of of, of him, the the conceit being two or three minutes long, he does he oversimplifies things a lot because he because he you have, you have to. to yeah you have same to. with normal also, news. but that's with any yeah, sort yeah, of comedy yeah, yeah. as well you kind of you want to get it down to its barest bones oh god yeah so, so in that respect you know, we are different I mean that is why and that's when he started to become interesting for me that's why I gave him a wife and a kid as well so that he's not me do you know what I mean I don't have a wife or a kid and uh, 
so so to separate us out a bit more and i hope i'm an, i'm i hope i'm i'm not sure pi is the sort of person you'd want to go and have a pint with and i hope that i am so you know but politically we are pretty much on the same line but he he cares about it more than i do <laughs> that's it. that's interesting because would and i don't mean this to come out the wrong way yep but would you say you are politically informed, or would you say that? For, I would say certain... I'd say over the last twelve months, I'm more politically informed than <laughs> I sort of, you know, I I did not set out to be a political satirist, and and I am now. I have right. to accept that. So I'm much more well informed uh, on both sides uh, as well. And like I say, with this show, I've co-written it with 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 Andrew Doyle, and he is much more politically astute and cares much more about politics than I do. So, so he's certainly had an influence, certainly with the live show uh, in that. Uh, the, the problem is as well, like like with with the referendum and and, and all of that, it's it's changed my perception of politics because politics is now work. So that whole three four weeks. I wasn't thinking about how it affected me in a in my normal day-to-day life, me, Tom, in my life. All I was thinking about is how does this affect the show? How does it affect what I'm going to write this week? And therefore, I have a personal investment in the politics in a way that I never have before. So actually, watching Prime Minister's Questions, I used to sort of quite enjoy having that on in the background and and hearing them bay, bay for each other. I used to occasionally tune into Question Time or, you know, or, or reading the paper. But now I do it because it's possible material. So it's changed my relationship with politics quite, quite fundamentally. Um, because also, like you said, like I say, people... People do look to to Pi for what's he going to talk about this week, and they do want to be informed by it. So I do, I do, I do have a duty in that respect to 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 keep up with things, you know. In a hypothetical situation, yeah. If if and I'm not asking you to be Pi for thirty seconds. Yeah, though, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. What do you think Pi would make of the Russell Brown revolution thing? Then uh, I think he probably. Well, he'd, he'd probably think it's all. You mean it as a movement or Russell Brand? Yeah, because, Brand's sort because of, you know. it strikes me that if you're if you're both aligned on the fact you don't like politics at the moment, yeah, and Pi's quite—he's not well because pl- the thing is, my opinion of it is I like some of the points he makes, yeah, but I don't think of him credible enough to talk about them, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not like you, a satirist, which means that I'd listen to it and be like, oh, that was a challenging point he made. It's great, yeah. Uh, but but he does make them articulately, and I'm yeah. not putting him down for that at all. For me, I just think he's not—he's—he's he's never going to be a credible enough source of information for me. No. So I wondered if if that had ever, if that because that had, that had just finished a few months before you'd started Pi. Yeah. So I wondered if that had had an impact or whether it, it, that it it. it, it didn't i mean i you know i kept coming across his sort of stuff uh i wouldn't i wouldn't uh attribute that as a as a as a source or as an inspiration okay for, for pi no okay uh what, i mean you can see why in my head no, I, yeah, no yeah. yeah that they are of a very similar uh ilk ilk yes um i mean that, i think that's the thing i did an interview a few months ago with with someone who and and they were writing a piece about political activism, and they wanted to ask me about being a political activist. Which so so Russell Brown Brown would consider oh, yeah. is he one, is one right? yeah. And this is you know, and I just said I'm not a political activist. People use my material to promote their activism, and if you want to use it as a piece of activism, that's up to you. But it's not that's not what I do, and I'm not trying to change the world, you know, in any way. To talk, to talk about social media for a sec, yeah. You uh, in terms of your pie following, 
as it were, versus your professional, your personal mm. following. Yeah, it's grown quite a lot in the last year. Yeah, how have you dealt with becoming? Because I found that people that become popular very quickly on the internet, yeah, first of all attract, like we said, a lot of trolls and a lot of negativity. Yeah, yeah. which I can imagine. I mean, like, is that? affected you has that affected the character or any no, psychological I, I, think, I mean it's like I've just said I mean this week is the first time I've engaged with it which I'll probably take them all down but people kind of going oh you misogynist and blah 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 and you oh go, you were replying you know, to comments I, I have this week because I just I found it a bit preposterous but the problem is if I reply to comments it uh, it uh, exposes the fact that it's written and you can't really do that too much uh, but uh, what's really interesting generally I've heard spoken to other people who are sort of internet sensations in inverted commas the, the percentage of positive comments on my stuff is is quite incredible and and sort of on on on, on uh, YouTube you get a thumb up or a thumb down and it's very few thumbs down and I mean I, but I do find it weird that that I mean I, I've never been the sort of person to even click the like button do you know what I mean it's just never occurred to me to do that on anything so but so the idea that someone will go good work John like this week's that that to me is is a bit odd okay but but great the idea that you would b- bother to try and you know. Uh, that you would that you would expel calories by not only watching a video that you hated, but then bothering to click on the thing and go, "That was shit this week. I hated it. I hate you. I hate everything you said." I just I, to me, it's a total alien impulse. Why would you Why would you do that? So, so I, I did find that really odd. So it took me a little while to sort of get used to engaging with 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 the fans, if you like. But now it's just my job. You know, I check my Facebook page three or four times a day, make sure nothing's going wrong, and Twitter retweeting and Twitter's really important. That was another thing I was going to ask you about, is that um, uh, if I was Pi or I, yeah. I played that part, yeah. I don't know if I would retweet praise because I would think it would detract from the uh, narrative so, of a... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so so my Facebook page is Jonathan Pye's page and I use yeah. that and I very rarely comment on stuff mm-hmm. uh, out of character. Okay. With regards to the, the Twitter, I... I have made a decision that I I will use that a little bit more not cynically but I can use that a bit more as a promotional tool and therefore I will uh, say oh I'm much more reticent to use my Facebook page to advertise my tour like you know you can imagine my agent and the promoter say put it up again put it up again put it up again and I think once a month to put it up and go hey tickets are still available I don't want it to become an advertising tool because actually Pi only exists as a Facebook page. If you think about it, that is all the product is, is a Facebook page. So I have to look after that. Twitter, I am a little bit more open to the idea of going, oh, got a good review in such and such. Or, and I, re- I quite often just retweet the front pages or, and just engage with people. And the thing with Twitter is it's so throwaway that I, I don't mind sort of slipping out of character for that. And like, for example, I would probably tweet this podcast on Jonathan Pye's <laughs> page. Right. But, and it, so it's Jonathan Pye tweeting an interview with the creator of Jonathan Pye. It doesn't quite work as a narrative, but I oh, think... Oh, you, you wouldn't retweet No, I would. Oh, I okay, would. Huh. Do you see what I mean? On yeah, Twitter, yeah. I would, but yeah. I wouldn't but you put this, but I wouldn't put oh, this yeah, up yeah, on my yeah. Facebook page because here's an interview with the guy that plays me. It would be, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so Twitter, I'm a little bit more open for just chucking it out there and going, look, all tickets still available tonight and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it's I also did... more real time, so it kind of suits. It. Yeah, absolutely. But I haven't posted any of my reviews, good or bad, up on on uh, my Facebook 
page I have on my personal Facebook page look mum four stars or whatever are there any things that you've done in the last year on social media that you would go back and change in terms of building your audience uh, I don't know really I mean, it seems to have worked I mean let's put it this way so I'm up in Edinburgh right now and I haven't given out a leaflet and I've sold out Hold and on. that is basically by paying well I have, no, I've still tickets available uh, for the last week but every night so far I've sold out and that that is that is just through social media. I've basically I haven't really spent any money on advertising. Certainly for my tour, about two thirds of the tour has sold out. I haven't. It's all through social media and all through all through just putting it up on Facebook. And you know, I'm sure I'll come unstuck at some point. But but I mean, that is the power of social media. So, uh, but so I, I don't know what I'd have done differently. But I am proud of the fact that with like I just said with the Facebook pages that I haven't used the Facebook page cynically to just plug, 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 promote, promote, promote. How big you, because you, because you, because when I spoke to Ryan, we are talking about this before we started, but yeah. when I spoke to Ryan, uh, at the Pleasance, yeah. where you're doing your show, yeah. they put you in a 50-seater, yeah. and then it was selling out particularly well and fast, so they put yeah. you into a 150-seater. Yeah. What was lovely is, is I was very dubious of the idea of doing a live show. So, so the Phil McIntyre people put me in this tiny little room in Leicester Square. And what was lovely is on the second night, uh, this guy called Ed, who, who works at Phil McIntyre, he'd seen, seen the show. He walked off. I met him in the pub and he said, right, uh, I'm going to double your tour dates and I want to get a bigger room. Like, I, I, he'd clearly seen the show and gone, that's really good. That's, that's, we're not taking a punt anymore. Um, so yeah, I think originally I was in a 50 seater at six o'clock and Ed just went, right, let's do this properly. So I'm now in, I think it's 170 seater Pleasance two. And what's great is because of the conceit of the show, it's perfect. It feels like this sort of TV studio. It feels, it feels right. I'm not sure the show would have worked in sort of a, a bit more sort of clubby atmosphere. It wouldn't, wouldn't have worked. No, no, I get that. Yeah. I mean, there are some shows that just work better in theatres. Yeah, it's, it, it, is a, it is inherently a theatre piece. And, and the majority of people that have come to see it and the majority of reviewers have, have got that. They've bought it. They've understood it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know. And, and so that means that you're, you're selling out 170 seats minimum a night Yeah, for this whole run. Yeah. And I see. Does I that, feel like I'm cheating a little bit because I'm why? not sort of out on the Royal Mall, you know, oh, no, no giving out that, giving out leaflets. No, of course they don't. But I just feel, you know, it's it's sort of odd being up here. Like I say, I'm not really part of the comedy world, but I also feel like uh, this is just this. Maybe it's my paranoia. There is an odd sense of people kind of going, "You haven't paid your dues," and you're like, "Yeah, I have. I just did it in a different way. I've been an out of work actor for 15 years. Trust me, I've slogged my guts out just in a slightly different way. I think I." That there's a huge amount of luck that has brought me over the last 12 months that has brought me to, to this place, but, but after a huge amount of shitty luck as well. Do you know what I mean? So I personally think that I've paid my dues, but I, 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 maybe it's paranoia, but I, I, I wonder if there is a sense within the, the comedy community, if you like, that you go, who's this big shot thinks he's, thinks he's the big I am and he needs to be taken down a peg or two. Sorry, it sound, sorry, go on, finish. No, no, no. no, no. I was going to say, it sound, it's interesting because you, you keep referring to the comedy industry and the comedy circuit yeah. and then keep calling what you are doing as a theatre piece and a play. Yeah, so, 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 so it, it, it's, it purports to be... I mean, I don't really get the difference, but the, you've got stand-up character comedy, theatre, so it is character comedy, but I sort of think of character comedy as sort of stand-up, even though it sort of isn't. But to me, it's inherently a theatrical piece but i'm here i'm in the brochure as comedy and it is comedy did you do you pick to be in comedy or would you prefer to be listed as theater 
I think it's right to be in comedy. I mean, right. it is, yeah, yeah. But, but like I say, the, the way I've approached it is it's, I've approached it as an acting exercise and as a, and by virtue of the conceit of it, it is in, you know, I couldn't be taking heckles. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't have that, you know. You hear that, um, guys? If you want to take him down, okay. <laughs> Please don't. No, don't, no, don't, don't do that, don't do that. He's been kind enough to give it to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you mean by about... I mean, a lot of friends of mine who, who have built internet followings better than they've built offline followings yeah. that have then converted to offline followings, yeah. I grant you. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of them have that, not actively at them, but yeah. in the back of their mind, where yeah. they think, oh, I bet someone thinks I haven't worked for this. Or, yeah. or I yeah. bet, oh, I just went... One, one clip went viral. And, and yeah, yeah, has, yeah, has yeah. anyone ever said to you, oh, you... you, you Big big boots, you know, because you got no, twenty thousand. No, whatever. No, I don't. No, I think. Um, I, well, the, the only people I hang out with are my friends. Do you know what I mean? So my friends are really happy for me that 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 this has happened to me. You know, and and I think. I mean, when this all happened, I thought it was going to be a flash in the pan. I thought it would be over with two or three weeks, and I thought I'm going to explore every door that opens to me in every avenue. And I'm still doing that. I still kind of think that this will probably stop at some point soon you know um so I, I don't really believe my own height but but no actually no no one's been particularly i just you know i, I the, the the people that the, that i've met here i just wonder whether there is just something just behind the eyes going you know you don't know you got it made and i do i do know how lucky i am to be here and to have a sellout show and you know it's it's a privilege it's a privilege to be here and in, in, in this position you know I, I'm going to just ask you, and again, you can filter out whatever you don't want to yeah. talk about, but I want to talk to you about previous to September last year. Yeah. To kind of, first of all, put in context what you were doing for the... So you said for the last 15 years you've been an out-of-work actor. So I graduated in 2000. I have, I've, you know, I've had, I've had, like any jobbing actor, I've had modicum of success and some successful years and some not-so-successful years, and that is the nature of it. But... Uh, you know, you, you you sacrifice a lot. You, you, you know, a lot, a lot of my friends have, have, have over the years kind of gone, God, you're so lucky because you're pursuing your dream and you're pursuing what you want to do. And you go, in that respect, that's great. But from day one, you know, I can't remember never not wanting to be an actor, okay? And this, this sounds patronising, it's not. But I have in the past sometimes wished that my ambition was to be a street cleaner. Because if that is your ambition, it's achievable. Uh, that's no disrespect to street cleaners. You take I know what point. you mean. It, you know, um, or, 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 you know, or, or my ambition is to be a teacher, or my, but my ambition, it's, it's in the blood, that, that, you know, was to be an actor. And there were, there were years when I just, I, I wish I didn't have that desire because I can't do it because no one's, no one's even auditioning me, let alone giving me a job. And then, then you have some wonderful years where you do some great jobs and, and that keeps you going for a bit. But it's very, very easy, like I said, to be poor and impoverished and going nowhere in your 20s. And then, you, you know, you hit mid-30s and people are starting to have get married and babies are being fired out left, right and centre. And you just go, I don't, I haven't got a pot to piss in. This has got to stop. And I think I had to hit that point before I went, right, 
just do something because people for years were, were like you know the youtube's there for a reason why don't you put some stuff out well that's very easy to say but what put what out it's got to be something good i don't want to just put any old crap out and then this just inspiration hit i suppose it's the perfect storm because it had to yeah. and 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 it was the perfect storm because um he was never meant to be political it just so happened that the first couple were political but actually you know maybe it wouldn't have worked two three years ago because actually with the with the coalition government it was a tory government but they were with with a left with a with a with a sort of a spine of left through it because the lib dems were there to to hold them in check it wasn't until the lib dems were gone that you suddenly realized what what a Tory government really means. So it was maybe perfect timing, and maybe it wouldn't have kicked off two years ago. And and it, and, and like we were saying earlier, it was really lucky that someone grabbed it, ripped it, and stuck it on their thing. That was so. That, so the the stars aligned a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, this time last year, I was sort of I was done. That was it. I couldn't I couldn't really couldn't do it anymore because I, I was tired tired of it. And and what's really odd is is that. It, success has been just as stressful oddly enough you know it's it's been it's not been an it's not been an easy ride to get here and it's not this edinburgh being here i found it incredibly hard work incredibly exhausting and um uh it's only an hour a night but it you know and and you're out there what's really interesting as well is is you know i got here and for two or three days i all i heard was people kind of going i mean it was a three-star review but it read like a four and just this, this and it, <laughs> you just hear you, you just like, heard it and i was just like my god shoot me if i if i you hear me saying it sure enough a week in but really? yeah i mean no, i'm sure enough at a week in i'm 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 devastated the guardian fuck me I'm still devastated. I'm on the floor because of it because it's the first review I've ever had that's about me personally and my work personally. I've had bad reviews of plays I've been in before, but you can go, well, that was the playwright, that was the director, yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. set. There's nowhere to hide. That was the, there's, you know, there's nowhere to hide. And and to be mis, I mean, the the problem with the Guardian article why, why it hurt so much was was it was misrepresented the show or it deliberately, I mean, misquoted the show. It, it misrepresented the show because you know, like you say, media have an Gender and it didn't fit the Guardian's view of what being left wing is, if you can call the Guardian left wing. And and but I mean that just knocked me for six. And and just so I mean it's it's totally exposing being up here and it's totally uh, exhausting. And and I'm not sure I'd, I'd do this experience again if I'm honest. It's interesting that you were able to for, until the most recent video detach from the trolls on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. Yeah. But the review hit you. Because I, I find individual people saying something negative a lot harder than reviewers. Yeah, but someone saying something negative on Facebook is a particular type of person, right? Like, like they're out there to sort of get you in a fairly sort of... It doesn't matter... Do you know what I mean? And actually, at any point, I've got control over it because if they're being nasty, I've had to do it. I've only think I've done it twice, maybe three times. You can block someone from Twitter and you can hide someone from Facebook and you can get then they're gone. Right. But I know that yesterday's uh, newspaper is today's, you know, fish and chip paper. But but to be sort of not in here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But to sort of be willfully misrepresented in the national press and in, in, in a paper that my friends read I don't know that, that I mean it's all ego of course it's ego that's all it is it's why, why that was upsetting but uh, it's my first experience of it you know and and uh, and I didn't get it till I was here that and maybe that maybe that's why this is the first week I've engaged with people who didn't like the video because maybe I'm just a bit hypersensitive all of a sudden I, I should get over myself really you know and because like you say I'm here I'm here I'm selling out a show and um 
I shouldn't, I sh- maybe I should relax a bit. But actually, the minute I relax is the minute I care. I care about it, you know. So I don't want to just walk on stage and... and it, you know, it was really interesting last night because I've got a cold and my throat's fucked. And uh, um, so I sort of thought I'll sit, I'll sit back on it tonight and see if I can sit back on it. And the first 10 minutes of the show just didn't work because I was sitting back a bit. And you go, I either have to give it 100% or it's pointless. Mm. So, so that was sort of that was a that was a very uh, interesting learning curve last night because for ten minutes I just sat back on the show a bit and, and just held back a bit, and and the audience weren't with me. So it's like then I had to spend the next twenty minutes winning them back again. That was the first night that's happened, and so it's, I think it's probably good that I'm a bit of a nervous wreck after three weeks of being in Edinburgh. You know? I think I think you're, you're doing it right if okay. that's if that's what you're doing. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've not met. I said this to the other day. I did a, I did a, a new material night in London, yeah. and uh, a person who'd only done about four gigs was like really shitting themselves. And I came yeah, over and yeah. I was like, "You all right?" And they went, "Yeah, I just get really nervous." Yeah. And I and I first of all asked if it was nerves or adrenaline because yeah, those yeah, two feel yeah. very similar. Yes. Yeah, and I was trying to yeah. work out whether it was that because yeah. I don't want to advise them wrong. Yeah. And I also pointed out to them that either way, yeah. it shows you care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what That's I mean? Absolutely. So yeah. the fact that you've got that <coughs> is actually way more positive than if you turned up as your fourth gig like an arrogant prick yeah, going, yeah. I'm funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that, you know, there's there's place for that if you've done the material hundreds of times, you've done the club loads of times yeah. and you're just comfortable, that's yeah. fine. But fourth gig in, it shows you care and yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, fine. Absolutely, absolutely. And like you said, this is your, you, you did three previews and now you're week three into it, into yeah. this. Effectively, this is part of the tour. Yeah. So I would, I would be surprised if you were, you know, sort of, Oh, this is this is the best show ever. It's absolutely yeah, be. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, and also doing a show. I mean, I was amazed when someone said, "Do you want to come and do Edinburgh?" And I was like, "So I assume you get what one, two days off a week?" And like, no, you get one day off for the month. I mean, I've never done anything like that. So it's 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 a uh, it's a real graft, you know. And especially because like you know, I'm not not feeling too too well. I've got a bit of a cold, and you go to to not be at a hundred percent. It's just. It's yeah. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's been a been a bit of a steep learning curve, Edinburgh, and I've I've loved doing the show. That's what I've felt most comfortable on stage, than, than sort of the rest of it in in, in an odd sort of way. These these are the final uh, quick fire questions. Okay. Uh, the quick fire for me. Take as long as you like, but they are going to throw me out. Yeah. What are the best books on comedy, writing, stand-up you've ever read? Uh, Stuart Lee's, uh, uh, it sort of annotates his own stand-up. How uh, I escaped myself at that Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, and he's got a new one out that I haven't read yet. Oh, content provider. Yeah, yeah. but, but they, they are, uh, I remember reading uh, that when it was in proof form, because I worked at Foil, so oh, I was cool. one of the first people to read it, and it was totally inspiring, although not quite inspiring enough for me to ever actually do stand-up. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made and how did you overcome it? Oh, Christ. Um, uh, your mistakes lead you to where you are. So uh, I'm here at the Edinburgh Festival, so nothing too horrific. Okay. What is the biggest misconception of what you do and how would you respond to it? Uh, that it is uh, that it's political activism. Um, it isn't. It's political satire. It's comedy. And I am just... Uh, an actor and a writer I'm not I am not Jonathan Pye <laughs> uh, who do you think is the most underrated person in the comedy industry uh, oh I, I I don't know the comedy industry well enough to, to make an informed decision okay. uh, and this is a two part and it's the last question yep. uh, what is the best bit of advice you've ever been given and if you could give one bit of advice to a comedian who wanted to start building their own audience online what would you say 
Uh, well, the, the advicey thing is, which is something that that I never acted upon until this time last September, it, and it was it was a documentary about writing, and but Charlie Brooker documentary, and he asked this writer something, and he said, "What advice would you give to an aspiring writer?" And the guy said, "Write it down," and I think it's it's no good in your head. Um, so my advice would be just do it because I just did it. And I managed to kickstart my career again. What was the first part of the question? What's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, I don't know. It's well, again, especially with my show because it's so technically difficult. It's an acting piece of advice, and it's Al Pacino. Uh, learn your lines. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. That was Tom. The most interesting part about that conversation for me was how grounded he was. Doing character comedy is cannot be easy. Like, I've never done it, and it's not something that I would particularly think I'd excel at. But to write for a character and to detach yourself in it in a way that he seems to have done and seems to continue to do is just really impressive to me. I really, I really find it just admirable that he's able to do something like that, especially when a lot number of people are watching it and him he's having to work out ways to keep the content exclusive given that he doesn't believe his own hype the way that he has handled fame being thrust upon him and I think a lot of people especially social media fame it's it's such a different type of fame and it affects people differently because offline quote-unquote fame is something that can really infect you and make you uh, I don't know just maybe believe your own hype in a different way but he but he doesn't seem to have done that he was such a genuine person he was absolutely lovely to talk to and spend time with I honestly could have chatted to him for hours but unfortunately we got kicked out of the room which reminds me thank you very much to Ryan Taylor at the Pleasance for sorting me out a room to do that in I really appreciate it and it was amazingly cooperative of you and everyone there to basically give me a room in a very small space that you had to record a podcast so thank you so much for that if you enjoyed this interview and you want to see John Pye live please do check out the link in the description his tour is on from now which is the September 2016 through to February February 2017. It's all over the UK, so it should be in a city near you. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do consider donating some money to me to support this project carrying on. Uh, what did you think that was worth? You think it was worth a pound, five pound, whatever you think it's worth. Put a monetary value on it. You can do a one-off donation on my website, which is through PayPal, or you can become a patron and do an ongoing donation through Patreon.com. All links are on the website and in the show notes. Please do consider doing that, and if not, just share this link with someone that you think will get something out of it. it really helps out the project and it helps expand the audience and who knows your friend or your friend of your friend or five people down the line who you passed it on to might be able to donate and help out any way you can help out this project please do but for now thank you very much for listening thank you very much for subscribing thank you very much for donating if you do and i'll see you all in about 10 days time bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.